Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going, so it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are on there. We're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today because, like, I, I'm heart, I'm heartbroken. So there's definitely a post best season, best season of all time hangover. I think JJ, JJ <laughs> is with me in studio, and Brian is on the line. I don't know. Has the season can't kick in. We, we're coming down from such heights. Yeah, yeah. We have a hangover here because yeah. I don't know about you. I was watching those two games yesterday, and they weren't gripping me. No, they were kind of, um, they were kind of at their own little level. Like you know what I mean? They weren't trying to show their whole hand. Some interesting talking points, which yeah, we'll get to. Interesting but talking points, but it, it was it full, full, full pelt, hundred percent. I don't think it was. To be honest with you, you know what I mean? So people are trying to get what they want out of the league as well. Um, bonus is a league final. To be fair, um, Limerick are in it now as well, so there'll be there'll be a hard bet when they get there as well. But yeah, it was kind of kind of glorified really practice matches really more than that if you was first that feeling say. about them I thought yeah it wasn't really tr- even the crowd were, weren't really getting involved in the no. games either you're not going to so it's it was a case of yeah if we win it's a bonus if we don't then sure look we'll, we'll get ready for the championship but again let, let's not fool anyone the championship is where it's what it's all about the Leinster League and Munster League that's what everyone is concentrating on and uh, every inter-county manager is getting a few bits and pieces out of the league and probably if they haven't got it already they probably won't get it out but now you know that kind of way so yeah. they probably have got what they, what they got out of the league and just wanted to pick up no injuries coming out but then you see what happened Galway there as well in the last few minutes with Joe going down injured I'd say they're sweating up there over, over in the west yeah, with no, that injury we'll, you know? we'll definitely get to that we'll get to that in a second maybe it is Brian when you see the likes of Galway going out in a league semi-final and only having only playing seven lads from last year's team it doesn't really lend itself to supporters going this is really important do you know what I mean? No, that's a fair point, Willie, because they're clearly not targeting this one. I know they're, they're being given their chance to the boys that have been playing all this league, but 
you know, they're not really going at full full front and charge at this and, and everything. Yeah. Being honest, for the first time in a long time, I can say I was kind of bored watching them yesterday. Yeah, and I said that's what I said about hurling. Um, just kind of seemed to be petering along, and um, you know, so it, it wasn't exactly the best spectacle for hurling. If I was the Alliance uh, marketing directors, I wouldn't be overly happy with the changes that have been made in the GA world. But the league now has become a bit of a joke um, in hurling. I know you've read this point a good few times, but it's just a warm-up competition. Managers are afraid to show too much. They know that the Munster Leinster Championships, the four or five weeks that they last, or, or maybe six this year, they're just so intense that they can't afford to to go flat out for this league. And I think it's had a massive knock-on effect this year. Had a massive knock. And thank, thank, uh, thank Porrick Fanning for at least showing a bit of um, delight at reaching a league final. He says we're delighted to be in it. Like, mm. I mean, Miguel Donoghue didn't care that they lost, didn't seem to care. Um, you had John Kiley playing down with, with another game. Yeah, yeah. It is a league final. Yeah, yeah. I said the it same should thing be more than just fun. another game. It like, should, it? though. Yeah, like, yeah. an alliance would be disappointed because, like, you're at the point now where I, I felt bored a little bit watching them myself. Mm. It felt like work watching. Maybe not work. Like, I mean, but. You're expecting more out of the games. Were, yeah, I was. Cause you're I, excited I, going into watching I, these I gave of them games. a big sell last yeah. Thursday yeah. thinking Which, this is. Greatly so, like, greatly so, like, because the four teams available are probably the best four teams left in in, in, the, in the the league basis. Like you know, like anyway, so you were expecting high scoring, high hitting, high intensity, but it was just kind of you score, I score. You know, like anyway, that kind of a feel to it. But yeah. again, inter county managers then were probably saying, right, we'll finish, we'll finish the the league basis now, let back to the clubs for a couple of weeks, and then look forward to the the Munster and Leicester championship. But that's that's what is hard. That's about, it. You know, that's so it. Unfortunately, so right, we're dancing around it. No, there, there, there absolutely isn't. The, the, we'll we'll start with you, JJ, then on this. Uh, Joe Canning thing so was that hit illegal now it was a shoulder to shoulder challenge which is yeah. absolutely fine but if you're in the process of striking is that then illegal I'm not sure what the situation there is because Joe was about to strike is it a shoulder to shoulder when you're in the act of striking I think it was it wasn't I didn't think it was illegal no way I right. think it was a fair challenge um, fair shoulder to shoulder with it you don't see that probably we're looking at now is it is enough because you don't see too many of them anymore you know, oh, it was a brilliant referee, hit referee is always blowing it yeah because again you're trying to like if if Kevin Moran was that's probably through second later, he would have got a Rick Harford to tackle, but he he got it spot on. He hit him as he hit the ball and the ball went out. A great block and and connection as well. So the only thing is that Joe was injured. I'd say the way they're talking about his groin injury, maybe the way he twisted his body when when Kevin hit him. But it was a solid hit. I, I'd be very, very disappointed now if that was a free to be honest Right. With you. What do you think? Well, that, look, obviously, it was a perfect hit. The only thing I was wondering about is potentially if you're... Like in, in, in Gaelic football, if, I'm, if I throw up the ball to kick it and somebody shoulders me at that point, that's usually a free. Yeah, well, actually, would you believe a referee sent me the rule on it this morning to, to clarify for this show that it's actually 100% legal. Um, you can hit them... Uh, shoulder to shoulder even in the act of playing the ball so right. once it's shoulder to shoulder so um, so fair play to him for sending that on to me and uh, yeah so look perfectly timed uh, so and I'm saying that from a forward perspective as well I know JJ definitely would have the, the full back <laughs> cap on him delighted with a hit like that yeah but, uh, <laughs> but and Joe's been on the, the tail end of a couple of these yeah. if you remember the big one Park Maher hit him as well um, you know so you're a sitting duck on your Joe and he was driving straight to the winter um you know, and uh, no way that was a free. I actually thought he could have got a free just before that. I thought his his hurl was flicked by Jamie Barron. It could, maybe could have been pulled back for a, a free in. It uh, might have been the soft one, but still, I thought he was being pulled out um, going forward. So, 
but it just shows the bravery of Joe. He, he's, it was almost um, himself and Col- Col- well, the two Mannions driving Galway forward yesterday at times, yeah. and particularly in that later stages in Waterford, shut down shop completely. That's besides the point. Um, Joe, in fairness to him, uh, you know, it looks like it's a bad injury. I read this morning that it could be a dead leg, so hopefully that's all it is. Um, you know, it was, um, they'll only know exactly what happened to him, so... Um, I hope he's not injured too much because, you know, it shows great bravery going through there as well. You know, that's that's where the real bravery is. Um, no offence, anyone can come out and hit a lad when he when he's wide open. It's, it's having that bravery to go straight through and, and leave yourself open to see. That's yeah, it was Jamie Barron's little flick before as well and Joe, the ball bouncing ground and then by the time Joe had it up in his hand, Kevin Moore was in and top him straight away. If Jamie didn't gain that flick, I'd say he would have seen Kevin Moore coming and he would have avoided that hit completely. Like you know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's important. Yeah, there was a free, but he flicked the hurl, the ball broke onto the ground, and then by the time he had it up in his hand, ready to hit it, Kevin was in and top him too. You know, and small little things yeah. can can work for you or work against you. You know, it's funny. Yeah, it's absolutely. Well, Joe's able to dish it out himself. He gave a good hit on Tyke the Burka, and I didn't He's think unlucky. that. I didn't yeah. think that was a free yeah. either. Joe was pissed off about it, and what took away from that was Carney was getting sent off at, at the same time. I think that overlapped. On that, but Joe, uh, I thought that was a fair hit on Tyg de Burka. But it was interesting comments from Michal Donahue, right? So he says, I think it was his groin. He took a few heavy hits on it, and I'd be intrigued to watch it back and see the hits he got going into it just before the tackle. Um, then he was asked if if he'd been worried that Canning could have been hurt. He says, no, sure, look, that's the nature of it. There would be one in particular I'd be interested to see back. I'd like to see it back, and I'd say it would be quite obvious. Not sure what one he's talking about there. I think he, he was did, did one of the fellas. I know Baron was chasing after him. I'm not sure who else was chasing after him. Was there something legal going on? Was he swinging the hurl a bit wild at him behind him? Or just when he picked it up and where he picked it up and where he finished it? There's not too many players would actually get from A to B. You know that kind of because he's so strong actually on the burst and he, he brilliant at pushing off players as well he goes into the tackle pushes you off and then accelerates at the same time so no matter what you do you're very very hard to get him back when he does get in his stride you see but I'd say he was borderline fouled as well in, in engaging that tackle but Joe was so strong so physically strong and quick he just thrown him out of the way and, and went on again he could have been talking about that but maybe he was talking as what Brian said about that flick from Jamie Barron just before he got that hit as I said that was a free but again right. that, that kind of lined them up for Kevin to come in and hit him, hit him a shot because he had to concentrate go back into the ball and the ball in his hand again so Kevin was in on top of him before he realised it you know right right okay maybe, maybe he was talking then. about that yeah we'll, we'll wait and see uh, uh, definitely a dead leg would be more consistent with the hit than a groin mm. injury or maybe I suppose a, a big hit can send you flying and you can extend something yeah. as well so it looked like Joe, it looked like Joe it was serious the way he was motionless on the ground there's no doubt um, about that what did you make Brian of the Carney sending off is it a yellow card to throw away somebody else's hurl is that uh, you've seen, you seen as you're in with the referees here and they're sending <laughs> your clarifications <laughs> well I thought I suppose it was just a real aggressive play you know he he was in the middle of going to hit him and then he kind of pulled out and just threw his hurl away so yeah. I suppose it's kind of just all around just being bowled I suppose and the ref is like look can't take any of that um, yellow card it was no more than a yellow card definitely it's just unlucky that he was only second um, it was petulance I suppose again another one of those ones hard to see him being sent off in the middle of summer um, or hard to see him you know reacting he, I suppose from his perspective he was really frustrated because the, you know he felt Aiden Hart had left him under the high ball and he, he got up kick out of that you know so I can see why he reacted. Uh, I suppose um, it was just dangerous play all around. That's 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 my take on it. Anyway, 
By the way, going back to the Joe Canning one, I don't know if you watched uh, the young lads in the background in the stand. There looks about ten or ten young lads from Watford, and just the sheer delight when they seen uh, Kevin Bourne hitting Joe Canning. Um, they were all fist pumping and jumping up and down. I just thought it was absolutely hilarious. By the way. But that that's the thing, though. Like, let's be honest. The what Kevin Moran, like number one, hit, putting a hit in like that on nobody wants to injure another player. Yeah. But if you hit somebody legally and he has to go off injured, yeah. well, that's fantastic. Yeah. Let's call a spade yeah. a spade. Like, I mean, it's it's the perfect situation. Yeah. Your manager would be delighted with you. Uh, even Kevin went over and just see how he was as well after. Like, you know, I mean, it was a genuinely fair hit. Like, and probably don't see too often anymore. That's why we probably talk about so much that like, we don't see it. Like, but no, fantastic hit now, and especially with your one of your main leaders. And he was holding well at the time as well. And to lay down a mark like that is, is huge for for any team, sure. Especially down to fourteen men then as well after their. It just lifts the whole whole crowd and and I'd say to be the lads talking about that down in Warford there today as well. Like you know what I mean? That's, oh, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Definitely. Well, Porik Mahoney took shortening the hurl to ch- to new levels. Brian, did you see this uh, towards the end? Like I mean, usually you'd see your hands go halfway down the hurl. He practically held the boss of the hurl and just flicked it o- or put it over. I don't know how he did it. Looked like almost like a tennis stroke. Yeah, and he actually has his grip quite long on the hurl as well. And I still, I still, he was well beyond the, the, where the grip was. He actually came into his own and turned them in the last 10 minutes when, when they were down to, to 14 men. He got a couple of great scores. So he's, he's uh, carrying on his rich vein of form from the Ballygunner, you know, uh, Munster final win in Ireland's semi final series. So um, he, he's, to me, he's absolute class um, as far as I'm concerned. And in terms of he's not showing any uh, hangover and not being on the freeze either, he's just getting on with it. and you know, he's showing that he's, there's a lot more to his game than just free-taking. Yeah, I think he might be on the freeze-come championship, lads. I think, think so. I don't know. I think I think Stephen Bennett might not necessarily be on it, but that's just my my uh, that's just my take on that. Whether I could be, I could have it completely wrong. The uh, I, 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 I know, I know. Just sorry, not to go away from that for a second. And exactly what you're saying. Like, he, I think Stephen Bennett's been under huge pressure, especially since Paul Matney's come back and Austin Gleeson's been back. But he's been practically flawless. Like he's been, he's hitting outrageous frees from long distance as well. Like that's serious pressure on him to take those. It's hard enough to take them anyway without the, the internal pressure with inside the camp as well. So I think he's been hugely impressive yeah. from that perspective. He's, uh, but I know what you're saying. You sometimes he, it's just yeah. there, there's a better feel to the team when kind of the, the main man is hitting the freeze in power of Matney that they trust the most. Um, you know, I think, we, as I said, we saw that with Galway a couple of years ago with Conor Cooney hitting him um, instead of Joe Hanning and um, sometimes it just sits better if, if certain lads hit them but yeah, exactly. I was going to talk to you about what Michael Rice was talking about on TG Cahir. So he was on he was on at half time of the Waterford um Galway game and he had two slitters. He had one brand new slitter and he had one worn slitter. And he was talking about the bloody slitters and telling he was saying something that one team was doing and I was thinking to myself, this looks like a Donald O'Cusa kind of uh, tampering trick. And I was trying to listen. I couldn't feckin' understand what he was saying. <laughs> you weren't uh, the only one, were you? I says to JJ before we came in here, did you understand Michael Wright? No, I couldn't understand him. So I'm gone with you and you didn't hear him, uh, Brian. So none of us know what... Ca- this That's could have terrible, been the controversy of the year yeah. and we none of us could understand it. <laughs> <Stay> over him. <laughs> Oh Lord! So, like, I mean, just a, just a couple of talking points from the Dublin Limerick matches. John Kiley used language in his post-match interview, and I don't ever want to see this creep into the GEA. So, this is what he said. I wrote it down when I was listening to it. At least that was in English. <laughs> so he says we put no, we put more numbers into the breakdown, and we put more numbers into the rooks. 
the breakdown. Oh. <laughs> There's two rugby terms he's used, and I'll accept rooks. Rooks happen in, yeah. in hurling. That's fair enough. You, it's breakdown is starting to come into into hurling uh, analysis, JJ. Like, it's a this new one to me now. To be honest with you, breakdowns. To be honest, we'll um, see what he means, but don't use that. Yeah, the yeah, breaking yeah. ball. We say, John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a terminator. Terminology is coming into the game. All right, now to be fair, but. Yeah, if once once he, he says it, you can actually see you can pinpoint after the game where where that, where they're actually working on it right now. But look, they're physically imposed, a physically strong team. So then the middle eight or whatever they have in around there, it could be middle ten what they have at the moment. You know what I mean? Are are very 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 strong and in the break break of speed there as well. So you can see why they're playing into their strength. Like you know what I mean? Because not too many teams so far in the league. I know it's only a league, but not many teams so far can can stand up to Limerick within that middle third of the field because they swamp it. Yeah, and then it's break of speed as well. Like yeah. So so maybe it's a breakdown and Keen Lynch um, said after the game that they stuck to the process and now Brian we're getting used to that there's a lot of players throwing this process in that's a Joe Schmidt one what the hell is going on here we can't have process breakdown and rooks all after a hurling match two conversations Lim- Limerick had a lot of go forward ball <laughs> <laughs> well, give me a break that, you? that's the thing they are down in very heavy rugby country down there yeah. in Limerick aren't yeah. they yeah oh definitely ah look I think you know, again, they're looking for edges. I think you know with these terms and all that, and they're being hugely professional. But I know, keep it simple, please. For yeah. us, us folk that were reared on the, uh, the old catch it and hit it. I I was on to you, Brian, about Concannon's uh, Gaelic football pass against uh, Wexford, and you didn't like it very much. But you have to admit that Keen Lynch's pass for Flanagan's goal was a Gaelic football pass. I do not have to admit any such thing. <laughs> um, I was it pretty was a glorious pass. Ah, Brian, but um, it, no, but uh, that's that's all joking aside. But there's, I would say, there's uh, how many players in the game would have given a pass in that situation other than Keane Lynch? It was incredible. The point was on. Like, I mean, a tap over point at that stage just increases your lead. He just wanted to bury it. Like, it's almost showboating, wasn't it? Oh look, it was it was fantastic. I, there's two other players that, that I think are, are brilliant at this. Just John McGrath and um, Jason Ford. I think they have serious telepathy, and they they've been doing that with you well and Tipperary over the last couple of years. So there there are people that are well able to do it, but it's 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 huge because it's it's splitting the fences completely. Um, yeah, you're dead right, hundred percent. Nine times out of ten, ninety-nine times out of a hundred, I think players would have put that ball over the bar. Seamus Flanagan was coming like a train so he obviously they've worked on this too because that type of movement doesn't just happen by chance um, you're, you're trying to get into that space and if you know it's going to come that's what's going to create these opportunities so there's it's uh, it's trust all around I think is the big thing um, I was debating this with some of my mates and some of them are uh, in green some are saying well what's the point in even saying this but I do think uh uh, Keen Lynch there was a slight block on Keen Lynch's pass if you go back and look at it and it deflected it just perfectly into Seamus Flanagan's hands really? He was all, look don't get me wrong he was always going to pass it um, <laughs> you're taking it away from Brian are you? I didn't see it I didn't see a. I didn't see a block on that go back and look <clears throat> yeah go back and look I think there's a slight pass but look <clears throat> and I know <clears throat> people say well, what are you raising this for just shows though it went, that's why it went exactly to hand could have went just in front of him I still think it would have been a goal I'm, I'm delighted obviously it's not a goal 
Yeah. Well, you you're not you you could be kicked out of the hurling pundits union now for for pointing out something <laughs> for not cheerleading that from that go. I'm cheerleading it and you're not. This is unusual. The because uh, that's the thing I was going to ask you, JJ, the skill level involved at putting the ball into someone's hand, running at that speed, mm. like a moving target, is obviously yeah, very yeah. very hard to hit. But it's all been the block now. That it's question. Really <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from defender's point of view, when Keane Lynch has the ball, you you just can't switch off. Um, I'd say Owen O'Donnell probably thought. Yeah, he's going to take a point here now. We'll go back out. He might go back out in position, but he just as he just split the. It was meant to happen, you know. And he went. He had the confidence to go for it as well. Because if that didn't go off, and you could hear the reaction of the crowd, so what are you doing? Just take your point, and there would have been more. But look, it paid off for him all right now, and he has the skill to back it up there as well. But well, it paid off. They only won by three points. Yeah, yeah, so it was huge, like huge. Yeah, it was huge possession in the game. But it's just from a defender's point of view when the likes of Keane Lynch, John McGrath, Jason Ford, as what Brian was saying, when they have the ball, you just can't afford. No matter where you're on the field, you can't afford to switch off. You have to be concentrating fully. And I wouldn't say Owen Adam was expecting that pass in behind him. Like you know, he just spit in behind him. Absolutely brilliant pass. Yeah, exactly. Right. There's one more. Oh, Stephen O'Keefe saves. Um, the save in the first. He t- made two saves in the first half. Brian, the, the big one was, was from Hussey um, after being set up by Joe Canning. Like I mean, he had dived kind of ahead of the ball and st- stuck up his hurl I'm even not sure whether he was even looking at the ball there when it when it hit his hurl Yeah he, as you said he, he expected the ball to go across him and, and just uh, he just somehow kept his hurl behind him and, and yeah. deflected up into the air and uh, Noel Connors used his body really well to make sure that David Glenn didn't get a flick on it and they got real luck altogether because the ball bounced down and hit Glenn and went over uh, for a wide ball so it was a win-win situation for from a defensive point of view, but um, I look Stephen O'Keefe's a, a brilliant shot stopper. To be fair, um, he can be dramatic enough sometimes in his saves, but he, he he's he's class. He he was in New Orleans with us time of wonderful skipping, and he was breaking onto the Waterford scene with um, Debbie Fitz. And uh, he wasn't really released to play with UL. Ended up he is a Fitzgibbon medal, but he was actually sub keeper. So. Um, so look, I, I could see his worth at the time. He's absolute class. He's his puck outs are brilliant. He, he comes off his line a lot and offers kind yeah, of a, yeah. an extra sweeper for Watford. Even again, you know, he even scored pint last year in championship. So it just shows um, what an all-round hurler he is. So he, I think he's class. He's a real asset to Watford. Yeah, yeah. I thought his second save was even better than his first one. He was just out on top of the forward so so quickly, like you know what I mean. He made his mind up straight away when he seen the pass coming. He was gone. He was on top. I think it was Joe hit it or something. Like that. Yeah, Joe. Hanging he was just on top of him straight away, like you know what I mean. Because even if he hesitated for a second, Joe would have got that shot off and went straight in the goal, like you know what I mean. So he was just off his line. Decision making is huge for any goalkeeper as well, like you know. And the confidence he gives the full back line as well is a huge thing because you don't have to go clear to hit it off your back foot. You can turn around and he's always there. He's always an option. So it's a huge thing for any full back line to have. That's the thing. He is that he 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 kind of. It's just calm when mm. he's around, isn't it? Mm. Like, I mean, there's no panic with this fella at no. all. Even and, and I, maybe the sweeper keeper kind of thing was I thought was his um, kind of strongest attribute. But the saves, like he's pretty good at these bloody saves as well. He went way ahead of it. Right, we'll come back and we'll talk about the matches in part two. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought that up now because <laughs> there's no such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do? No, we don't. Um, but you didn't let Shamey talk at a, at a hurley launch one day. Yeah, but hold on a second now. He was at a hurley launch, you know. Yeah. You know, there's I, a I, media I, ban if he can't no, talk no, at that. No, absolutely not. I think you guys need to do your job. Don't depend on us guys for quotes, you know. Okay. Go no, earn, he, earn your living like the rest of us. But if he's at a media day and he says to the media that I'm not allowed to talk, then right. he's obviously on a ban. Well, I think he's carrying a mixed message. Do it. Do it. 
Okay, lads, so Limerick um, were pretty much in control of this. Dublin rallied late on. They won by 119 to 116 in the end. You wonder, did Limerick switch off? But the big pick and talking point out of this was Dublin surprising Limerick by playing a sweeper, right? So they played Shane Barrett, picked him corner forward. He went back and, and Mark Road Hegarty um, did a good job on him. And that released Sean Moran as the full-time sweeper. Now, we know Dublin like to release Sean Moran at times anyways, but they decided to play him full-time sweeper, right? So the way I look at this, JJ, Dublin were stupid to do it with the wind. They should have gone out and tried to get a, get a lead in the first half anyways with the wind. Mm. But absolutely against Limerick, everybody can be down on the sweeper but against Limerick whose whole tactics are designed around dragging your half back line out of position and giving in good ball to the full forward line you don't have to be this big bad wolf of a sweeper you can play it against Limerick Mm. and then not play it the next day but for me tactically at times against Limerick even maybe not even for a full game but it makes so much sense 100% I'd agree with 100% as well for for Dublin to to try it as what you said you don't have to play it for the whole game or you don't have to play it the next game but when you go against Limerick, where is their strength? Their half line is their strength. And what do they do? They go deep and they give, put a question back to the opposing half line. Do I stay or do I go? That's the thing. A lot of teams don't go and they let Errol Hegarty and Tom Morrissey and Kyle Hayes pick up the ball 60 yards out and then game is on. That's all Limerick want. Their tactics is we'll run at him or a crossfield ball into yeah. Aaron Gillan. So what, what Dublin done was anywhere Barrett was on Hegarty, anywhere Hegarty turned, Barrett was right in his face. He was literally there right beside him. No interest in the ball. My man, I'm man-marking you. I can do it because Sean Moore is back in front of my full back line as well. Same with Chris Crummy with, with Tom Arcee. Tom Arcee was took off. Yeah. Garrod Hegarty was took off near the end. They only scored a pint each. Now Shane Barrett I thought done a great a great job in Garrod Hegarty. He, he had him wound up to the last. So yeah. There was a great little moment in the first half where Garrod Hegarty had got, who got booked and he started smiling at Shane Barrett and it was almost like yeah. you got me there. Like <laughs> Barrett was obviously blackguarding him and Hegarty got caught yeah, retaliating. Got like, caught, yeah. and they just, it was a lovely moment where they both kind of just smiled at each other and went like that's the game lads. Yeah. That's the game. He was working down to a certain point but when Dublin got the ball what Matthew Kenny will be fuming if when he looks back in the game the amount of high ball they hit straight down the middle on top of Tom Condon when you're playing with a sweeper you can't afford it you have to keep it away from the spare man where the spare man is always going to be down the middle so he'd be very very disappointed because they knew what they were going to play they knew they were going to play the sweeper yeah. they should have either ran with the ball or keep it down the wings down to the likes of Amy Dillon who was on fire but again it worked to a certain extent but again it needs to be tweaked again but it's an option that they have you go, when you were playing Dublin next game in the Leinster League your kind of or lesser championship were saying are they going to play a sweeper are they not they have the both options up their sleeve there as well it's a huge thing to keep a, an inter-county manager guessing when they're playing them next time like you know which yeah. one they're going to play that's the thing and then you've got that f- tactical flexibility and they rattled a li- Limerick a little bit with it in the first half I thought Brian but I take JJ's point as well it's unforgivable for Dublin number one they shouldn't have done it with the wind number two when they knew they were playing a sweeper it was no surprise to them so them driving the ball down on top of Tom Condon was, was just unforgivable mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, the only two of the starting forwards scored then as well. Like now, and both of them were on fire. To be fair, Sutcliffe and Eamon Dillon. Um, but Eamon Dillon looks to be playing wing forward for yeah. a lot of that as well. So he got a point maybe in the inside line in, in the second half. But you know, that just shows that very hard to put in that shift and you're in that full forward line there. You know, two against three, and you know, high ball coming down top of you and Tom Condon uh, eating it up like you know. So very very tough. So. 
they had the defensive side of things pretty good for long stretches that game, but you know they didn't marry it with the you know with up front and, and made it very very difficult for the forwards. I think Limerick would have known during the week when they seen Shane Barrett pick the corner forward that there was no way he was playing there. So I think it would have been well flagged. Right? Uh, when did the they, did, were they, did they pick him corner forward during the week? I didn't notice that. So that's given the game well, away. He's a, he's a, yeah. He's picked. He was picked. At, I think it was thirteen. Well, yeah, I think it was thirteen or fifteen. One of them anyway. So he was. He kind of get it gave it away that he was going to be back there. So you know they got their they got their match Dublin got their matchups right. I thought and the men. Not a great spectacle, to be honest, but they don't care about that. Um, from, a, from a neutral perspective, it, it wasn't great to look at, but I suppose you're coming up against the All-Ireland Champions, so you cannot forgive them for that. Yeah. And you what, said, you know, you're, try, you're trying to nullify Limerick's strength. What do you make of the decision to play sweeper? We know you're, in general, aren't a fan of the sweeper. You're from Offaly. None of you in Offaly like, like, <laughs> like sweeper. But, I but, was stuck in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, what, that, that's what's wrong with Offaly, Harlan. You won't embrace <laughs> the oh, new tactic. Embrace the sweeper, yeah. no, right. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 it, for me it does make sense. It allows your half back line to man mark these three lads that have most teams in sixes and sevens. Yeah, I, I, you're you're 100 right. Uh, I think that's a fair. That's what Wexford. Um, I think Davy has brought that to a new level. What he does allow their players probably a little bit more is to actually get up the field a lot. You know, um, so I think Davy brings in a little bit more offensive play whereas Dublin seemed to be a little bit aimless in, in their use of the ball yeah. it was so congested in that middle third yesterday like you had practically um, everyone in there and very hard to work the ball to the lines Limerick tried a lot you know they're very very patient on the ball but it did break down at times and um, you know so there were times where short passing was overdone but they knew they couldn't afford to strike the ball inside because Sean Moran was just sitting in the pocket. So, as I said, it didn't lead to a great spectacle. You can see why Dublin did it, and it did frustrate Limerick for huge parts of that game. And it wasn't really until they got that goal that they kind of pushed in front um, completely. But I thought as well, Limerick had a, obviously a better bench. They brought in Seamus Flanagan, they brought in David Dempsey, um, two big men, Conor Bylan even as well. So that was three big men coming in there, and you know they, they just kind of got real physical with Dublin in, in that second half in particular. Yeah, and Dublin had used three subs in the first half through yeah. injuries, so they didn't have that impact. Mm. And they didn't have the impact, JJ, because they're missing Liam Rush, they're missing Mark Shooting, missing Conal Keeney really out of that forward line, which yeah. really give it that bit of oomph, along with Sutcliffe and Dylan, Then you're looking at a different kind of prospect altogether, aren't you? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Um, Mark Shooter, I think, should be definitely on that side if he's, if he's been informed that he was there a couple of years ago, you know. But um, can you play Rush and Keeney with five up front? I don't think you can, to be honest with you. You right. can only go with one of them. Uh, and then you need legs around that as well. And Shoshin O'Rourke went off there as well. He heard well against Tipperary too. So, like, they missed a couple of frees in the second half. And Paul Ryan missed a few of them where you'd put your house in that he would score them. And when they needed to stay in the game, Limerick just pulled away after they got the goal there as well. And they could have went on 10 or 12 minutes without a score. And then they rallied in the last five or, five or 10 minutes, all right. But it was just too late at that particular stage. So, if they can learn that now, they need to stay in the game. They need to get a couple of scores and just maintain that. Even if they're Limerick are on top in, in regarding the, the general play, but keep putting that two or three points and keep that, your scoreboard taking over. They didn't do that in the second half and that, that's where the issues were. Yeah, maybe that's what... They by did. the way, a great goal by Ronan Hayes, by the way, that was a savage goal. Um, great catch yeah. and, and drove through and did really well because you know he batted it obviously into the net because he was under yeah. serious pressure. The Limerick backs were getting back on him and uh, that, I thought that was a great goal. It was one of the, the times where that direct ball actually paid off the ability to win your own ball high in the air. So... Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, as you said, JJ, if they can mix 
Team Rochelle and Colin Keeney. If, if Keeney, like it hasn't been kind of, I don't know, is he fully back in there? I'm not really sure. Um, it's very hard to see how how they can all fit there if they're only five forwards or even sometimes six. But yeah, Dublin but have I, a lot. Yeah. They, have, w- they have a lot of talent, though. To be fair, they have. I wouldn't say that's Dublin going five forwards for the whole year. No, no, I think Maddie Kenny's tried that yeah, out, yeah. yeah, and I would be delighted. Why do you think, Brian, that we don't see? that as much from managers it seems to be and Davey used to keep teams guessing but he seems to just be kind of a sweeper man now and other teams are against it and there's no kind of ever talk and I talk about this in football as well sometimes you wonder why game plans aren't changed more for to suit the opposition but then they're amateurs and they don't have the same you know time to put into practicing different game plans it seems to with with Gaelic football and hurling teams you set your game stand st- game plan stall out at the start of the year and it doesn't really change too much from that yeah, I don't know what they got to do with amateur and, and um, professional because I think in fairness to the managers and the coaches, they're absolutely living and breeding the game at the moment. I, I suppose Hurland's still a little bit, um, little bit to an extent off the cuff. You know, the ball travels so fast. You know, there's still huge merit in keeping three inside, and, and you know, obviously trying to play the ball into them as, as fast as possible. But obviously, you're trying to play it to such an advantage that you're giving the forward maybe a, a 70-30 or even a 60-40 chance of winning it. Um, you know, so in terms of the sweeper, what, that, I'm surprised that that doesn't come into play more, you know, pretty come up to half-time if, you're, if you have a lead or yeah. you know, last five minutes or ten minutes of, or just after half-time if you know, for instance, you know, JJ's team and Kenny were unbelievable coming out in that second half. You know, try and tighten it up, try and keep in a game as long as you can. So, it's interesting. But then, on the other side of it, we had Derek McGrath talking. He gave a great talk um, up at the up in Crow Park there to the to the youth um, forum or whatever it was called. And he went through, you know, Watford having three different game plans in the first half alone. And at certain stages, to get the message in that they're changing to a certain formation and all that. So, you know, I think I think some teams are at, um, but then. That could have been a, that can be seen as a, a criticism of Derek McGrath's tenure in Waterford, and that it was too structured. So yeah. I suppose it's trying to find a happy medium, isn't it? Yeah, I think Waterford ch- ch- kind of switched from having Mara Shanahan on his own to maybe Jake Dillon going in mm. with him, and they, they you know they mixed it probably up at different times. I remember Derek telling me that before as well. But that's a good point from Brian there, JJ. Like say for example at the start of second half where he could traditionally blow a team away or Dublin or mm. whatever. That for the first ten minutes of the second half, we'll say we'll play this sweeper. Next minute, you might poke one or two balls down on top yeah. of it, and you might get a bit frustrated, and then you'll figure it out. Yeah. But then, when you figure it out, just change, change back, again, and yeah. then you have yeah. a new set of problems to yeah. have to deal with within the game, and how difficult it is for Cody to get instructions yeah. in. I just don't see why teams don't do that more often. A tactic will work for ten or fifteen minutes before the other team cops on. Yeah. Before the sideline actually realise actually this is a trend. This has happened four, four or five times. Yeah. We're, we're playing into their trap, and that'll take fifteen minutes, ten, fifteen minutes before now you could rack up a good few scores on that and I'm foxing that way alright but if you were to revert from playing an Artox 15 to a sweeper you need to practice the sweeper it's, it's very very hard to change from a 15 to a sweeper sweeper kind of system it's very easy to change from a sweeper system back to a, a 15 and 15 because everyone grew up playing at 15 and 15 there's no issues regarding that but in regarding changing it you have to obviously have your homework done on it and that's where I see the likes of Wexford they could very easily change coming championship. 
and if they do against a team that's expecting a sweep resistance if they go 15 and 15 they'll catch the team out now for 15-20 minutes before they realise what's going on there as well like you know so it'd be interesting to see if Davy goes down the road of the, the Leinster Championship does he actually go on 15 and 15 even for as I said 20 minutes for the start of a game and see what happens you know yeah, anyway, that's a, the thing because he always has and that plan to did fall that back last year against Offaly he, he, he caught Offaly out on that because Offaly had done a lot of work on the sweeper in that Wexford game it was, uh, there was a huge amount riding on that game uh, Wexford and Offaly last year and he caught them out completely going 50 and they absolutely annihilated Offaly the same evening Right okay so that's an interesting one what's the story with Galway lads there, I'll start with you JJ because you know Galway is this great enigma they're not turning back into the enigma, are they? <laughs> it's hard to know, really. Um, I just don't think they have their right 15 on, on the field yet yeah. to see. And that's the context. Like We have to try and fight yeah. against this saying things like what yeah. I'm after saying there, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. You can only judge them now come the Leinster, a couple of games in Leinster Championship really more than anything. But, but they have a good few lads to come back. But you'd be kind of worried about their starting six fours, which were this time last year now we're kind of saying... Oh, they've, they've options they've, they've eight or nine players but now Joseph Cooney is gone and no sign of Johnny Glynn Niall Burke is starting but he's, he's not setting the world alight either they need Conor Cooney back in there again question marks over Joe Cannon's fitness now as well like you know if he is missing for the next couple of weeks even three to four weeks coming up to the Leicester Championship it's, this is the worst time to get an injury because if you are injured for four or five weeks and then you're only back for the game you're after missing a vital part of hurling training like for the last two or three months it was all kind of fitness work gym work from now on they'll be catering to get their game plan right getting their, their striking right there as well if you're missing a lot of that especially if it is a leg injury he can't do a lot of, of kind of field work you know the kind of way so yeah. it'll be interesting to see what way to go but with Michal Dunn who look at the, the league and said well did I find three or four players that come challenge if I can, I can actually genuinely trust them I don't know if he did because that's the, the question the, I was going the, to ask the biggest thing now they'll have to get rectified now before lunch, and the biggest question mark over it is their goalkeeping position there again again Waterford or Galway had Waterford bet and they laid in a soft goal again that soft goal brought Waterford back into it just before half time gave them a huge amount of confidence going in at half time for all the hurling goal we did they should have had Waterford bet out the gate at half time but they didn't it was a goalkeeping mistake came in and then he's off the ball in the goal from 65 yards out you know what I mean just mis- misjudged the ball can happen but he's after making a mistake there in the last couple of games there as well like, you know what I mean so there's again question marks over that goalkeeping position there again and who does he go with now come championship like, no, no one knows you know what I mean that's, that's the thing who do you think's put their hand up I know Concanon was excellent the last day he wasn't he wasn't anything special yesterday. He made a terrible, stupid run in front of Conor Whelan at one stage in the second half. Um, Conor Whelan potentially had a goal on, only he ran straight in front of his path, uh, Brian. Yeah, I suppose he's one of the, the only... Then it's the consistency element from his perspective and as well. And we obviously, JJ has touched on Niall Burke's consistency too. So I thought David Burke and Conor Cooney were very tired looking in that All-Ireland they obviously didn't hold to the to the high standards that they usually look at, and a couple of weeks off for them might might re-energize them, but they're badly needed um, from the Galway's perspective. Carl Mannion's been a revelation in midfield. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's been the hurler of the league um, so far. Four points again yesterday. Um, but then it, it's what do you do? Like when he's playing so well in midfield, you, you need him in the forwards as well. So you know who's going to partner partner him in midfield? You assume David Burke. And then did that push Johnny Cohen back into the back? No, there's been no sign of John Hanbury then either. He hasn't featured at all. Um, obviously, Dottie Burke's been with Cora Finn. So, yeah, it is hard to judge Galway considering, you know, if you get close to their to their first 15, um, I think we'll see a, a different outfit com- completely. And I think, I still think they'll, they'll get to a Leinster final. And obviously then, um, 
you know, we're in the final that the more than capable of winning that Leinster final, but it, it's it's after that then is is where the problem is going to lie. Um, I thought they were they were in probably second or third gear yesterday, and, and they were still, you know, should have won that game, should have seen out that game, and we in league final, you know, hurling with half a team and and that so. You know, things aren't doom and gloom for Galway or anything like that, and I'm not saying that you're saying that, but they still seem to be missing that one or two players. I think, you know, there's no sign of Joseph Cooney coming back. He He's a loss. Um, big, rangy hurler, well able to score as well, and huge puck outlets for puckouts. And Johnny Glynn, that experiment coming back over from New York and that, it, it's a tough ask, to be honest. That's huge travelling, and well, while he minds himself, um, as well as, as your uh, as your interlude says there um, <laughs> no eating shite and all that um, you know it's still it's still a tough ask to, to be going over and back from New York to try and play nothing you're living in Ireland let me tell you yeah, no. Like, I mean, the the big thing with Cottle Mannion going to midfield is he's going to midfield in the same year, year as Joe Cooney and Johnny Glynn are around. Yeah, so yeah. now you're three, three fo- you're three, yeah. you're a full full forward line yeah. down there. You know what I mean? Then yeah. so like lightweight in the forwards is how I describe them now. Lightweight, like I mean, not a threat. Like other than Joe, obviously, and Joe's at the point now where he's he looks like he's carrying him on his back like he did three or yeah. four years ago. Whereas that was that was the great analysis of Galway was that day, those days were gone. Yeah, and Conor Wheel. Is he's doing a huge amount of work? Don't get me wrong, absolutely brilliant team player. But he's not scoring. He's not hitting the heights that he did in the last couple of years there yeah. as well. He was always effective in into the corner, but he's playing out the field now and working a lot harder now. He's doing a lot of work for the team, but he's not putting on the scoreboard. So that's another you're down another two or three points because he was always capable of scoring four yeah. or five points from corner forward. You don't have him in his best he's position. Not in position either, because he's just down there to work hard for the team. Like he's probably doing what Joe Cooney might be doing out in the wing there, but he's actually out there as well. Like you know, so it's you're taking away from your team there as well. Like you know, so and he's not an option for puckouts, so they're losing that then too. Mm. You know, like I mean, they've, they've lost a lot from their forward line. Mm. But uh, Conor Whelan and Joe Canning have done a huge amount of hurling this year already. Like Conor Whelan was playing with NUIG and uh, wasn't hasn't been in a rich frame of form either compared to the heights he was at the last couple of years. You know he, he seems to have to be a little bit stale. And Joe hurled every round of the league. Usually you don't see Joe at this time of the year kind of um, easing him into it like the way Kenny used to do with Henry Shefflin and, and he'll peak at the right time of the year. Um, whereas he hurled all the league. Now he seemed to be going through the motions I thought for large parts of the league. But he still has a lot of hurling done compared compared to normal. Um, so these guys have had to shoulder a lot of the burden while while the other players have been away. So it brings a whole new challenge. And as well, like Dunhu now is in his third season as well. So it's it's you know it it certainly is interesting from a Galway perspective. They're they're more than good enough if they have everyone available. I think that you know size, physicality, um, ability to win their own ball. Um, obviously, no little skill up front. I think they have absolutely everything, but it's, it's trying to marry all those things and, and get their best 15 on the field. Is, it's going to be crucial. And as well, the last couple of years, I think we've seen this with Limerick in particular, uh, the fact that you need such a strong panel nowadays to get you over the line, I think you can't just be relying on, on the same 15 all the time. 
Yeah, no, definitely. Just a quick word on Waterford. We'll cover Waterford a bit more on Thursday um, ahead of the final. Like, I mean, character is the word you could use to describe this. Like, go down to 14 men and then score seven in a row. Now, in that time, Galway hit seven wides in a row. So it wouldn't have been seven in a row and Galway didn't have their... their, What do you say for shooting boots in Gaelic football? You don't (laughs) say shooting boots in in Ireland. They didn't have their radar in because it was Parag Mannion. It was like a ride of Rovers effort. David yeah, Lennon missed a, a couple one. of ones, yeah. And Cohn yeah. missed a bad one. It and was just like Jesus Galway. Like what? Slim missed the uh, sixty-five after a draw went off injured. That really kind of knocked knocked the hit, nail in the head in as well. But yeah, oh, you have to. Yeah, to admire Wad for what they did when they brought in legs as well. They brought in a couple of young forwards there as well, and they all contributed to the scoreboard as well. A um, couple of great scores, but they worked very very hard up front. They no brick or us or Marl Shanahan. It wasn't the game for him. It wasn't the game. No, because you're better off coming in with younger lads with, with legs. Because when you're down to fourteen men, it's obviously five against six. Right. So you're going to have to cover that ground a lot more that's quicker. Smart management well. too, yeah, right? Yeah, if that's huge. And, and it worked out. They, they got a couple of scores with them and they won a couple of frees there as well. So no, great, great management. And Austin Gleeson wasn't great yesterday either. Like you know what I mean? So few there, there. Kevin Moore stood up, tied the work with Jamie Barron was absolutely fantastic in the middle of the field as well. And on his game, he's just unmarkable. He's everywhere. To be fair to him, yeah, no, he definitely is. What did By you, the what? way, every time you give a player, player, the Paddy Power Player of the Week, they seem to. Dive the next week. <laughs> huge so pressure, you're putting, Brian. You're, you're huge pressure. Link on yeah. <laughs> no, look, it's huge pressure when they get word they've won performance of the weekend. It's just that added bit of pressure. Like, I mean, I don't know yeah. what to, I don't know what it they're is. Like Nicholas Bettner, then the, the Paddy Power <laughs> they're absolutely cast. But what, what do you, what do you make of the legs that they brought on? Like Jack Prendergast, obviously a little flyer. Peter Hogan um, is pretty fast as well. Um, yeah. Do you know? Do, I thought the, mo- the moment of the game at all was hilarious. That the two players are very like each other. Um, David Glennon chasing Tommy Ryan down the sideline <laughs> four of yellow helmets and uh, two corner forwards oh, I was absolutely alert. but some score by Tommy Ryan it was unbelievable could have struck it out of his hand but um, as he likes to do put it back on the hurl and struck it off the hurl on the sideline it was phenomenal altogether yeah, and yeah it, do, shows, it do, shows the change in the style from Waterford that you know that they're, they're trusting these players like these players you remember um Keep saying this. These are no mugs either. These these have won or been involved in minor and under twenty one Ireland, won under twenty one Ireland. So he's putting a lot of faith in these boys. It's it's they're they're nails probably that the hurling people around the country are not as used to. But these guys have been knocking on the door in Waterford for the last couple of years. So you know that's that. I think that's what's creating a little bit of excitement in Waterford as well. Knowing that these players are, are coming and they're being trusted to, to take these opportunities. Yeah, and what would you make of the Morris Shanahan and Brick Walsh not getting a run? Because they got such a big cheer. What was the last? Oh, against Clare. Now they're beating Clare, hammering Clare, yeah. so maybe that's why they got the run. And it, like I take JJ's point, but also like the the crowd giving you a big cheer when you really need it. Uh, might there might be something there as well? Yeah, look, look I think they're being appreciative of, of everything, particularly that Brick Walsh has done for Waterford over the years, and he's staying in there, you know, wholesome that he's going to get his, his Celtic cross and you know no no more player that deserves one for, for the huge effort he's put in for Waterford and obviously Morris himself has gone through his own battles and, and, and you know has continued to stay in there as well so it's good to see him back hurling too um, and he's been un- unlucky with injuries as well so I think that from that perspective that was the game to, to, and particularly Morris to bring him in and give him a bit of game time when Waterford were in front but um, because you never know what's going on behind closed doors and much people are putting up their hand and showing what you know what they're actually offering to it. And I think JJ 
completely hit in the head. I think it was horses for courses. It was a game that needed legs, particularly when they were down to 14. And, and But it just, as I keep saying, this is the trust that, that Paul Sand and his backroom team have in these players, that they're they're not just players in there making up numbers. They might be household names yet, but they're obviously really, really talented players and they're in there and there's huge competition among them. And, and you're going to trust anyone that goes in there. And, and that's replicated in the way that they're hurling. Yeah, no, it is. That, that half-back line looks like a championship half-back line about it, doesn't it? Philip Matany, Tyg de Burke and Kevin Moran. Mm. And then you have Jamie Barron in front of him. What do you make of Callum Lyons? He scored that spectacular yeah. point. They need He's a full-back. Well, yeah, they've, tried pr- they've tried Prunty back there, who's mm. wing-back on the other 21s. And they tried to be, it looks like they're trying to, they tried Philip Matany back there too. Yeah, so yeah. a little bit of experimentation still still for Waterford as well. Yeah, well, he, he, he put his hand up now yesterday in fairness to him. Like, and you can only judge him on these. And th- next next week will be a huge test for him up in Crow Park as well so why not give him a go again and see how he gets on because you know, he hurled well and any time he came out with the ball he was looking for his uh, his Waterford defenders there as well he wasn't just hitting it to get rid of it he was hitting it to actually hold on possession as well and what the whole Waterford team are trying to do now is hold on possession as much as possible but I was impressed by him to be fair like again small bit green alright but again you can only gather that experience by actually playing these big games and after if he goes well next Sunday sure his confidence will be going into much of challenge will be through the roof Yeah it's an aggressive Waterford The key thing was he was actually hitting it um, you know, in fairness to uh, Barry Coughlin, that used to be there, he was he brilliant at what he did, manhandling players and frustrating the, the full forward in particular. But uh, I don't think I ever seen him hit the ball in his five or six years playing intercounty hurling. Whereas uh, Callum Lyons then pops up, has that confidence, pop a pop a ball over the bar from seventy yards out. Um, so it'll be interesting. You're dead right. It's interesting to watch that space and see who can actually fill that full back space because obviously. Noel Connors is going to be one cornerback. You expect Shane Fives to come back in there, maybe, and take the other cornerback spot. But there's plenty of players putting their hand up, and, and they're getting great experience at the moment. Yeah, no, they definitely do. Right, okay. Listen, we'll come back and we'll do Paddy Power performance of the weekend. I'd never be allowed to go off and eat and have a shite like him, and you know, a slob or whatever. Like I was always doing a bit. All I remember is I thought I was going to get clobbered in the way in there. I threw the ball up in there. I don't know. It was, it was pure luck, no appearance. Pure luck. Uh, it's fucking bullshit. Have you seen yourselves? Paddy Power performance of the weekend. The first uh, nomination for this is Owen O'Donnell. What an absolute monster of a fullback <laughs> this fella is. A young fella, a young bull, I'd call him. A young, <laughs> a young pretender to the to the crown is ready to come on now and fight the other bull to to mate with all the. <laughs> what am I talking about? How are you talking? <laughs> right, but he's he's absolutely sensational. Like he's a, he's so physical. Like he actually looks for physical contact, <laughs> even if it's not even there. He actually go looking for a lad to push him out of yeah, his way. Even when he has the ball in his hand, he goes. Look, over and hits the forward again before he goes down and gears the ball. Like, ah, he's just brilliant. He's just he's one way. He's just straight lines. Um, he tacks the ball at all, and he and he backs himself as well. It's a huge thing. He's a great partnership with Paddy Smith in the corner as well. The two of them have played DCU together as well, so they're they're used to each other's games and whatever right. as well. So they trust each other as well. You can see by the way they played it. Actually, genuinely trust each other as well. But I think Owen Donald was the last couple of years showing potential, but he, he's actually fulfilling his potential now this year as well. So far, I mean, he's a brilliant, brilliant hurler, a brilliant, brilliant find for him. So for Matt Kenny, just have not to worry about that full-back full back bird. It's, it's a huge thing for him. Like, you know, and you can just put your team around him there as well. Like, you know, great, great player. Great yeah, player. no, he is. So, like, I mean, so Owen O'Donnell then, is he looked nailed in full-back and Smith nailed on cornerback and O'Callaghan come back in the other corner or what? what is that a full-back line that's settled? Or is he, Paddy Smith will definitely be in one of the corners because, again, he's very comfortable on the ball running with the ball as well so if 
they have a Callum might go in full back and put on Dolan in the other corner depending on who they're playing maybe man marking because on Dolan is so strong so physically strong I wouldn't say any forward up and down the country would fight, would, would, would like marking him as well so Matty Kenny is a good headache to have like you know what I mean but I'd say he has an idea of where he wants to go personally I probably would play in full back and just leave him there because he's the safest house back there at the moment you know? yeah. yeah there's an inspirational kind of side to his game Brian Oh, definitely. His speed, his pace is unbelievable. He, he beat one of the Limerick players, I think it was Peter Casey out to a baller, Graham McKay, in, in, in that game yesterday, and just, it was just awe-dropping in fairness to him. And he, he's phenomenal. He keeps coming in straight lines as well, and hopping off players. <laughs> really, really impressed. I saw him a couple of years ago, and I remember marking down who he was, because I was just saying, uh, glad I'm retired. I wouldn't like to be marking the likes of him now. No. Um, it wouldn't be my forte. Um <laughs> Yeah, he he's nailed on, and that's a that's a formidable backline when you say it like that. You know, you bring back in Keno Callan, another peak tough defender as well, really athletic type of a guy, and 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 Smith then as well. Like that's as good as what's around, to be fair. Yeah, that's the thing. I look through Dublin's team, and you kind of see whoever will be back. And like I'm starting to think Dublin will be slightly ahead of Wexford when they have everybody back. JJ, yeah, it'll be very very competitive. I'd say Matt, he's delighted how the way the league went. Um, Every little, every player after getting game time, but they're after getting a bit of confidence in the way they can play because pushing the other in champions to maybe three points in the end. But they um, had a good rattle off them. You know what I mean? They didn't stand, didn't lie back down. And again, after being on the back, going down to the hurdles and beating Tipperary, which is a huge monkey off their back, they'll have to gain huge confidence from that. And they, they are all fast. They're strong. They're athletic. When the ground hardens up another bit again, it'll suit them down to the ground again. Like you know, and the game they play is possession game and running off the shoulder there as well. So it'll it'll suit them down the ground the way the conditions will go from now on in in, in coming into the summer as well. Yeah, no, it will suit them. And you right. remember last year's championship then as well? Like they should have beaten Wexford and they should have beaten Kilkenny. So yeah. they will be relishing this Leinster championship as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, they'll be right into it. So do we give Danny Sutcliffe a nomination for the brilliant first half or do we criticise him for go, kind of going out of it in the second half, Brian? Like his three points in the first half. Something about Danny Sutcliffe in that he, he's such an exciting all-action player. All his points seem to be like great, spectacular ones. Yeah, look, he's classy. Three shots taken in the first five minutes. Which I, I couldn't understand. Uh, Dan Morrissey who was marking him when they had a sweeper behind him. He, he just wasn't sticking to him um, completely. Uh, but he, he, I suppose again, it's his ability to win his own ball. He, he caught a couple of great balls and, and has the legs to get around anyone. He's class. I won't be too critical in the second half because it's, it's, a, it's a hard shift to, to do it at seventy minutes at inter-county level, and particularly in the type of game that Dublin were playing. Uh, you know, it was all about that middle third and clogging up the middle third. I think. Um, you know, Limerick, in fairness to them, I think they they took control of that game in that second half. So, you know, I wouldn't be overly critical of him, but look, he's a, he's a joy to behold when he's in full flight. And he, he certainly is back to his best of what he was maybe five or six years ago. And and that's a real positive for, for Matty Kenny as well. And look, we keep saying this, uh, we, we've, we're, we're praising Dublin a lot now, and, and rightly so. But if they can get that consistency into their game, um, particularly into some of their forwards, the likes of Oshina O'Rourke, Emmondale, and they can step up there. Um, I think 
they, I think they'll be really knocking on the door. Yeah, Danny Sutcliffe got off to a bad start with me because he cleaned out Tommy Walsh, my favourite ever player, a couple <laughs> of times. JJ, when you were when you were still playing, he gave him all sorts of trouble, didn't he? When we weren't used to seeing Tommy getting getting trouble. Yeah, look, he, he's all action. You know, I, mean? I think his best position is centre forward because he can go. He's always involved in the play. If the ball breaks either side of it, he can go actually get involved in, in that side of field. When he's on one wing, he's kind of restricted a small bit, but he's all over the field. He's all action as well. And as Brian said, he wins his own ball. It's, it's a huge, huge thing, like you know. But he's very accurate as well. But in fairness, in the second half, he got stuck in there as well, and he tried to win it back with the ball. It wasn't a case of he, he fell off the radar altogether. Like just he wasn't in a prime position, and then he was just swamped up by Limerick backs there as well. But no, all action, and I think he, they're best off Dublin are best off leaving him centre forward and let him let him be involved in the game because he asked so many questions to the centre back again. Yeah. If you've no sweeper behind you, do I go? Do I follow him wherever he goes, or do we leave the centre right open? You know that kind of way. So he's going to pose a lot of questions to both centre backs. And the thing about him from centre forward, you don't see him drifting back way too far, no. do you? Like I mean, he seems. As far as midfield and yeah. it, and then he's going on attacking. Exactly, so that's thing. a nightmare. Like yeah. sometimes if centre forward goes back to your forty-five, you're like, ah, this is great. Sure he's he's only hit the ball back up to you anyway. You know yeah, yeah. Way, so. yeah, So he keeps it dangerous. Um, Jamie Barron, Brian, like I mean, the obvious bit of skill was his pick up off the ground when Joe Canning was coming in swinging at it. Like I mean, you don't often see anybody kind of make Joe look a little bit kind of clumbersome or slow to the ball like I mean it's usually Joe doing that the other way around this lad's a sensation of a player there's no two ways about it like I mean he's it's not just like his engine is second to none like I mean it was remember the goal he scored against Kilkenny where he's still flying it from running from halfway in the right. last few seconds but his skill his skill levels are seriously underrated definitely oh definitely he, he is the full package now in fairness to him um Every sort of way, and you say he's all energy as well. He's he's buzzing around the place. He's he's involved in absolutely everything from a good perspective from Waterford. You know he's linking between midfield or between the half back line and the and the full or the half forward line, popping up everywhere, driving straight through the centre. He is, has an eye for goal. He gets his points. Uh, he just he has it all, obviously, and uh, you know. He's back hurling to his he's absolute best at the moment. He's been pretty consistent, I think, over over the last number of years. But I think he's even he seems to be in a real rich vein of form at the moment, and he's he's relishing it. And I think he's bringing a lot of these other players into the game really well. And we saw a lot of instances of that over the last few weeks where his vision is phenomenal. You know, he's able to just see players outside him. His peripheral vision must be excellent because he's able to see players coming off the shoulder or you know just passes that other people aren't seeing. And um, I just think he has it all. He's, he's a class act. But that's the thing. And it, like playing in midfield, and you see it with Keane Lynch as well, and traditional mid- midfielders don't necessarily like marking each other too tight. So yeah. suddenly you have a Jamie Barron and a Keane Lynch getting free rolls around yeah. the field. And like, I mean, you have to ask the question would you actually I think put so, a yeah. man marker on him? You well, know what I mean? Will they be marking we, each other the next day? As, n- as neutrals, you don't want to see that. You know what I mean? You want these no. lads on the ball, especially each other. But as a opposing manager, kind of saying, right, curtail his influence. But he's always free for a pass. He is, yeah. And then when yeah. he gets the pass, he and always he has again. time to yeah. go. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, you, you, surely an opposing manager says, here, let's cut down Jamie Byrne's time on the ball. It'd be easier said than done. Yeah, you need probably two or three lads, a 20 minute shift either one to, to kind of stick stops, up for him. No. He never stops moving. It's <laughs> unbelievable. I'd say he stat for a GPS and must be through the roof there as well. I'd say, but ideal for if you're playing with him, if you're a player around his vicinity, he's always there. He's always no ball for you. So whenever you're in trouble, 
if you look up he'll be there for you and yeah. you know that in your own head like when you do win the ball you throw it out to him straight away and then you're on the attack straight away because he has speed to burn and he'll break tackles and he's gone he's gone simple as that yeah exactly so Keane Lynch is the other one like I mean we've talked enough about Keane Lynch he's player of the year like he just does everything simple smart it's it's spectacular but it just looks so easy to him doesn't yeah. it like I mean just constant little passes he's never under pressure his skill levels are out of control even if somebody's whacking him with a hurl he's just calm and he's, measured he just doesn't seem to be ever it's like go away from yeah. me I have this under control he's so good in rucks as well he, he actually doesn't get the credit he deserves he comes out with every ball that he goes in for he's so skillful in moving his body as well he rises up turns moves his body and gone with the ball the rest of them are uh, three or four of the lads now are, are rooting at it with two hands don't know where it's going your man is <laughs> gone comes in gets the ball he's gone you know what I mean he's just so so skillful yeah, Dermot Burns um, is the final nomination, Brian. He he seems to get so many possessions in a game. Now, I know wing back, you're in the game a lot, but maybe it's because he's on the freeze as well. He just seems to be on the ball all the time. Yeah, again, he, he, he's just so strong, I think. He's a formidable opponent because he's he's a big lefty there like, like JJ as well. So he's really strong in the air. Um and and he he's used to the ball is brilliant. I know he takes a, a few shots um, as well when he gets the opportunity, but usually he plays great ball. Even for a big, rangy hurler, he's very good at the short stick passing as well. He's able to pop it left and right. Not just I know he favours his right side, but he's he's well able to strike the ball off his left too. And um, another lad with a huge engine as well because he's popping up all over the place. And you know it. it when Declan Hanning comes back into the half back line as well, I think. You know, frees up Dan Morrissey the other end, and it's, it's it's almost like a wall that Limerick have there, and you know it's very hard to get beyond them. And he, I think him in particular, he's he's just brilliant. He, he's a serious outlet of out ball from that kind of middle third. Darrell Donovan can turn back to him. Declan Hannon when he's there turns back to him, and you know he he delivers the ball inside then. So yeah, he I, look another man that's, that's cast obviously well able to take the freeze then as well. So he has he has that eye. Um, for a goal then as well maybe it's the new jerseys or something but Limerick looked like they've done a lot of work in the gym like yeah. Mike Casey came onto the field yesterday and he had huge. a chest on him yeah. like I mean Jesus but they all have big big chest like, yeah. the two Morrissey's must be they have huge chests too they must yeah. be in the gym for now do each other yeah. every day you know what I mean the two Dan is a beast of a man massive, yeah. massive, massive. Yeah. Maybe and English a English is a huge man yeah. who's got yeah, he's gone fierce Big upper body, or is it Finn? The fullback, Finn, 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 yeah, Finn yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not even too small, but with, the, with them jerseys, I suppose you have to be in shape. You know what I mean? And yeah, there's not with the big baggy jersey before where you could hide the belly or anything like that. Now this yeah. everyone is out there; it's just exposed, you know. But no, they're after doing phenomenal work now. Even is that oh. why he never had the tight. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. well, no. Hang on a second now. Vertical stripes are great for weight gain. You know, like I mean, the Kilkenny had that <laughs> that's, smart. That's, like I mean, that's the, ten pounds <laughs> only. <laughs> you're not meant to wear. You're meant to wear verticals if you're if you've got a few pounds on you. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, right. right yeah. Okay. You didn't even know yeah, that. No. Stop talking rubbish. You fashion tips off only, I, I, well, I put on a bit of weight at the end of last year, you know, and I had to run. <laughs> Figured That's why you're dropped off to intermediate, you know. <laughs> right, who am I going to give uh, performance of the weekend? I'm going to give it to Owen O'Donnell. Um, we have a new rock. We, uh, <laughs> we all love the rock. He scored a point like the rock, and he's getting a little bit like... Uh, 
the rock in that when he wins the ball. Do you remember the rock used to win it and he'd actually go run for lads, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't it DJ he went running yeah. for that time and Martin Comerford? Yeah. Yeah, like he didn't need that. It. He didn't need that contact. But no. like that. But that's inspirational too. And if O'Donnell right. wants to get that, there's a place in a there's a place in a team for a fella like that. That's huge thing. Gets a crowd after after feet then as well. Like you know that kind of way. So it's yeah. a huge thing. It gives a lift to everyone else as well. Like you know, especially if he wins the free coming out there as well. Just hits that's a couple it. of lads, gets the whole thing. Suddenly going. that's inspirational. Yeah. It doesn't have yeah. to be a point or anything no. like that. Yeah. So there you are, O'Donnell. You're the new rock. Um, <laughs> uh, congratulations. Right, we'll be back and we'll do a preview show on Thursday ahead of the league finals. We'll talk to you then. Good luck. When I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.